Okay, we ended last week asking the question, okay, well, if this uh, whole thing that we're talking about means high expectations, um, uh, we've watched parents who've interacted and they've been very uh, stressful. It seemed like they had really high expectations. Is, is that really a good thing? So let's back up a little bit and uh, t- take a look at how we got there, and then we'll be able to walk that through today. Um, the... Uh, the illustration that we, we kind of ended up and worked through last week was the idea that your child is like a diamond. And uh, <clears throat> if you just uh, walked along and just saw a natural diamond, you probably wouldn't even recognize it because it doesn't shine. It just looks like kind of a white, cloudy stone. It doesn't look valuable. And so we asked the question, is it, is it possible that in parenting, you're, you're not seeing what God sees? You don't see what is inside your child, what actually could become of them. You don't actually value them. You're like, whoa, hey, I really do value my, my, my child. But, but be careful, because remember, we, we looked at the two ways to value something. We value something because we see the incredible value it has inside of itself. That's how God, how we can value our children the way that God does, because God has created them. He's created them with this incredible potential for joy and and peace and love and to have impact on other people. He has created them with the goal of having a relationship with them that lasts for all of eternity. They have incredible value. But then there's the value that we may give them from ourselves. Like, I really care about them. that, That I really think they're important. Kind of like we, we talked about last week, uh, that Lori has these little trinkets around the house, and, and they're pigs, and they're really not valuable. But she gives them value. And, and maybe you interact with your child, and you, see, you don't see what God sees because you value them from what you give to them versus they were created by God. They were created by God. And then he has given you the role of being the chisel. He's given you the role to be able to go, wait, I can see what's in there. And so once you value someone because God has created them, your expectations go way up. They go way up. You're like, wait, wait, this is what they could be. And you've been given the most important role in their life, which is to help that shine, to help that be brought out in their lives. And so we ended with this. Okay, so we have these high expectations. Is that what we want? Is that what parenting is all about? And I, I bet you've either experienced this or you've watched other couples experience this, especially if their children are a little bit older because now they've, they've fallen into this pattern. Where one of them is the disciplinarian, and one of them is the loving one, we'll say. And so there's this constant conflict between them. Like, you're being too hard on them. You're being too hard on them. No, you, no, you, you can't let them act that way. We've got to be able to help them. We've got to be, be able to discipline them. And they're going back and forth, and you can watch this impasse. And they get really mad at each other because they're both convinced They're doing it out of what's best for the child. They're both convinced this is the right way to do it. This is what we have to do. This is what's best for the child. 
Oftentimes, parents will live their, their child's entire life, even into their grandchildren's lives, and they never solve this impasse. They never get past it. So today, I'm going to tell you the answer. And uh, it is super simple, but it's actually something we work through all of the series, and the answer is the wall. It's the wall. On the one side of the wall is a relationship. Relationship is illustrated this morning by a plant. We're going to have a couple of illustrations as we work through the series, but this morning it's illustrated by the plant. The relationship or the heart of, uh, the, uh, the heart belongs on this side as well. The spirit belongs on this side as well. It is how we relate. And in our relationship, it is very important that you see that it is fragile. It's very important that you see that a child's heart is fragile. A child's heart is where the scars take place. It's where things happen in their lives and they remember those things for the rest of their lives and it debilitates them. It keeps them from taking risks. It keeps them from thinking they can do more than what they can do. It's something where their fears can dwell. It's something where insecurity can dwell. And so you'll watch parents, right, want to love them so much and pour so much on them that they, they feel, in modern day, uh, self-image is the term, um, that they feel really good about themselves. Relationship also has, and this is key to what we're going to talk about, all through this, this is really key. Relationship has freedom. Relationships are all about freedom. One of the things that God did that drives us crazy is God gave Adam and Eve freedom. He said to them, here's this tree. Don't eat of that tree or you will die. There will be great consequence. Don't, don't do that. And in that freedom, they turned away from God and they turned towards sin. And it did lives and lives ever since. God, why'd you do that? Why'd you give them free? Don't know. Don't do that. But you see, in relationships, there is absolute freedom. Well, what do you mean? I mean that as I raise my child, I want them to come into a relationship with, with Christ. But that is entirely freedom. I can't make that happen. I want them to love me. I can't make that happen. I want them to love the other people around them. I want them to go to kindergarten and be a loving person. I cannot make that happen. It's freedom. They choose who they're going to love and the way that they're going to love. In your relationship right now, your marriage may be struggling or you may be out of your last marriage because you didn't think that relationships should have freedom. And you're constantly trying to force the other person to be who you wanted them to be and act the way you wanted them to act. And the relationship wasn't a relationship of freedom. It was, a, it was something very different. Relationship is built on love. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I will pay for the relationship with you. On this side, I want to guard their hearts. I want to guard their spirits. I want to build their spirits. 
with the truth. I'm going to live the truth in front of them so they can experience the truth. But understanding, it's freedom. That is the plant. You need to take care of a plant. On the other side is character. Character is represented by steel. This is a uh, L or a channel or L piece, and uh, it's part of what we use to build the walls downstairs. And uh, this has an interesting piece to it, part to it, and, and this represents character. Discipline produces character. Discipline produces character. See, with steel, uh, you can make steel in almost anything. But if you make it into a bolt, right, and uh, you take this bolt and you have this, steer, this, this piece of steel and you make it into a bolt, there's two kinds of bolts. There's regular bolts and there's heat-treated bolts. Regular bolts will shear fairly easily. Heat-treated bolts will almost never shear. Like, you've got to become, take great, great stress on that thing to break. What did they do? They put it in, into under heat, they heated it way up, and then they cooled it back down. For some reason, you put this stuff under stress, it becomes stronger. And that's how character works. Character is putting somebody into a position where they have to make a decision, where they have to do something, where something is hard or something is painful, and they walk through that process, and then they, they walk out the other side stronger because there was high expectations, and you put them in a, in a position where they would be able to succeed in that position. Character, as we're going to see in just a little bit, is the ability to be tempted and choose to do the right thing. Character has a great deal to do with stress and be able to be, able to be put under stress and then overcome in that place of stress. So where did I get this idea? Well, I got it from the Bible because it's exactly how God creates or interacts with you. It's how God parents you. The first, uh, we're going to take a look in, in Ephesians. In Ephesians, it says, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he has lavished on us. On this side of the relationship, God has done all of the pain. He has given us incredible freedom, but he's come into our life. Even as sinners, he's come into our life and said, look, I want to pour my grace out upon you. From the kindness of my heart, I'm going to give you, pay, pay for your life. I'm gonna, I want to pour into you. It goes on to say a little bit later, it says, <clears throat> and also, when you were, also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth. The gospel of salvation. When you entered into a relationship with Christ, when you trusted him, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal. The promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. Our relationship with God is guaranteed. Once we entered into that relationship, we experienced, we accepted the unconditional love of God. It can't be broken. It can't be taken away. It can't even be dampened from God's side. This relationship that God has with you, he gives you incredible freedom at the same time that he keeps paying for the relationship. It's amazing. You are in a relationship whereby your behavior does not determine the relationship. 
It's his love and his grace that he pours into you that determines the relationship. Guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to, to the praise of his glory. In other words, it can't be torn apart. Your relationship can't be torn apart. If God betrays you, if it's torn apart, then God's torn apart. Like, it can't happen. Then on the other side is the character side. In Hebrews, he says, In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. And as parents, the, the struggle that your child has is sin. The struggle that your child has when they're born is sin. It's the same struggle you had and still have, which is that when you are tempted, you don't have the strength, you don't have the character to be able to overcome that sin. It's what messes up your life. It's what you want to be able to help your child be able to build their lives, their character, so that they can win against sin. When you find anyone who has character and has the ability to be tempted but choose to do the right thing, they succeed. They, they succeed. It's what you want. He said, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding. Uh, and have you... And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a, as a father addresses his son? It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his own son. Do not make light of the Lord's discipline. That word discipline means, it literally means the raising of a child. It includes the teaching, the admonition, the uh, correction. It includes uh, both rewards and punishment. Do not make light of God's discipline. Do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Rebukes you means he tells you you're wrong. He points out that this is wrong. He points out that this is what the standard is, but you're here. You need to move from here to here. Because the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens... Everyone he accepts as his son. The word chastens, the word, I mean, the discipline, discipline is the same. Chastens is the act of punishment. It's the act, it's the word is actually scourge. It's the act of character building whereby, okay, this is what you were told to do. This is what you were clearly commanded to do. And you said, no, I don't think I'm going to do it. There's pain associated with that. He says, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. Now listen to this line. For what, for what children are not disciplined by their father? This was evidently not written today. Why? Because there's a lot of fathers who claim to be fathers, but they don't discipline their children. They don't take this seriously. They don't think this is their role. There are mothers who don't think this is their role. Their role. They think their role is only relationship. I want you to grab a hold of this biblically. I want you to grab a hold of this. This is sobering. The Bible really presents this principle. If you don't take this seriously, your child is going to say it a little bit later. If you are not disciplined and, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate. You are not true sons and daughters at all what? If you don't take this seriously, 
your child is illegitimate. That's the principle. What do you mean? They don't have a dad. They don't have a mom. If, you, if you're like, no, no, I'm all this, man. I just love them no matter what. I just bail them out no matter what. I just take care of them no matter what. I want their life as easy as can be. They run into trouble. I'm, I'm right there at the school. I make sure that teacher does what I want them to do. Listen to this. This principle is they don't have parents. They're illegitimate. It's really powerful. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. See, that diamond, you, you can't see what's there. You can't see the value that's actually there until after it goes through the process of discipline. And then you begin to see the righteousness and the peace. When you produce this side of the wall, even though it's painful and it's hard, it's actually a war. The Bible teaches that produces the righteousness and the peace. Did you know that's exactly what God's doing in your life right now? We've taught you over and over again about God's grace and this incredible relationship you have with him. But what God's doing for a believer in their life is they're building their character. Their work on helping them become a person who's full of righteousness and full of peace. It's time for our uh, CDT moment. Uh, Make sure I get that right. So uh, Miss Lori, come on out. shared, most of you, if you don't know, uh, when Chris and I first got married, my goal was that my kids not turn out like me. I did not want them going through what I went through. I did not want them being who Mm -hmm. I was at the time. I did not want that for them. And so I, you know, was looking through the Bible. I was going around and I, I found this verse. There's a verse in the Bible that says, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commands that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you walk along the wet road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as a symbol on your hands and on your foreheads. Write them on your door frames of the house and on your gates. So, so what, what was the natural thing for me to do? He says, tie them on your foreheads. So what should I do to teach my children? I tie my Bible on my forehead, right? You can see this. I got Is that going to work? If I walk around or if I put on my children, can I tie a Bible to their head and it's going to work? Is that how I'm going to train them? But I think sometimes we go around acting like that. 
Because if you don't teach your God, your children the word of God, and if you don't teach them the importance, whoops, somebody took it, of my Bible, wherever it went, somebody took it. If you don't do that, they're not going to get it by tying it on the forehead or on the hands or on the symbols. It has to be a part of your life and in your heart and in your mind, not tied to your forehead. And it's your job. We're here to help you, but it's your job to train them like he's talking about, to discipline them in that. Every week, your child comes home with one of these cards, and it tells you what to do four days a week, four days a week to sit down with them. Now, if your school teacher at your school says your child needs help with math, what do you do? You help them with the math. You get them the help they need, right? Your child needs help with life, and the answers are in God's word. Are you going to let it just go by so that they can end up who knows where and what, what's going to be here? Or are you going to say, I understand the importance and I don't care what I have to do in my life, but at least four days a week, I'm going to take this little card and I'm going to sit down with my kids and I'm going to share with them how important I believe God's word is and how it can change their life. And I'm going to help them put these principles into their life and mine. You can learn a lot from these things. I do. Little principles one at a time. The sooner you start, the better. Don't try tying things on your head. It's not going to work. Live your life the way God says and teach them his word. I went away from God when I was young. I walked away from him. But my mom had known the importance of helping me memorize the word. And when I was in trouble... The Holy Spirit starts speaking to my head. Remember that verse, Lori? Remember that? I'm here. All you have to do is reach out for me. Give that to your child now so that no matter where they go, God can use it to build character in their life. Take these home. Don't throw them down. Don't do it. I don't care if you have to do it during breakfast while you eat or supper. But one time a day, at least four days a week, you and God help those children Learn his word, and it will change their lives forever. Thank you. Okay, so how does the, what she just talked about even relate to what we're talking about with uh, the wall? All right? So you never use the relationship to build character. You never use the relationship to build character. You never use discipline to build the relationship. You never use the relationship to build character, never character to build it. This wall is incredibly important. You do not jump from one side to the other. What, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? Okay. Uh, first of all, Bible memory, right? Their relationship with God is between them and God. It is not between you, them, you, and God. You're not actually part of their relationship with God. Like, no, I'm their parents. I really, really care about that. I understand all that. You're not part of it. You're not part of it. You're not going to get to heaven and, and, and your child comes up and, and, and meets Jesus. And, and, and they go, oh, I can't meet Jesus. Mom, come here. Come here. Come with me so I can talk to Jesus. Not at all. You're going to be out of it completely. Why? 
Because just like your relationship with Jesus is between you and Jesus, it's not between your parents and you and Jesus, so is theirs. There's absolute freedom in that peace. But Bible memory is just full of character. Why? Because the first thing that's going to happen is they're going to say, not the first thing, but there's a really good chance they're going to say, I don't want to do it right now. I want to go do something else. Well, guess what that is? That's an opportunity to build character. Because the question is, who chooses if, whether or not you're going to do Bible memory or not do Bible memory? Who makes that choice? Mom and dad make that choice. Not your child. Just like God chooses what's best for you, not you. If you wake up in the morning and go, I'm going to decide what's best for me, and you don't open your Bible and find out what's best for you, then you're never going to do Bible memory either, right? And so once, you do, once that begins, right, so you got choice. Ah, this is the sidelight. I'm going to say this over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, the more choices you give a young child, you're messing up his life. Do not ask him what he wants to eat. You tell him what he wants to eat. Do you know why? This is, uh, this is way off the mark, guys. You can walk out of here and go, I don't buy that at all. Do you know why your life is full, so full of stress? Because you have 8,000 choices that you can't figure out the right answer to. You are worried about 8,000 choices you can't figure out the answer to. Don't do that to your children, right? Choices do not bring actual freedom of life or peace. Choices bring stress. That's what they bring. So you're, you're going to make the choice for them, and as soon as you do that, then there might be a war that ensues at which time they say, I don't want to do that, and they begin to roll their eyes. There's all sorts of things that begin to happen, and as you work that through, you have the opportunity either to build character or watch them develop habits which are devastating to them. Every one of those wars, and, and the foundational thing that the Bible says character is built on is the fear of God. The foundational piece to life that the Bible says that character is built on is the fear of God. What do you mean? That God is bigger than we are, he's smarter than we are, and he's the one who has the actual, he is the one who decides at the end what the punishment's going to be or the reward is going to be. And when your child decides that they are God, and in your life, and in your child's life, you're going to have the opportunity every day to have the opportunity to teach them inside, outside, upside, downside, that they are not God. They are not the center of the universe. They are born believing they are the center of the universe. You were born believing you were the center of the universe. The fight you are having with your spouse right now is because you think you're the center of the universe, and they don't get it. They, they don't wake up to this. Pro the problem you're having at work right now is because you think you're the center of the universe, and the boss doesn't, they don't get it. They don't get how you need these things to happen in your life. When you help that child go, oh, wait, no, 
mom and dad makes this choice, and when mom and dad says it's time to do that, then it's time to do that, and that's what we're going to do. Without rolling my eyes, without backtalk, without whatever your child happens to do, that's what we're going to do. Now, what's this have to do with the wall? You never judge your child's heart based on this side of the wall. You never judge your child's heart based on this side of the wall. The fact that your child is at war with you tells you nothing about their heart. Nothing. The fact that they don't want to do, they never want to do Bible verses. They never want to memorize the Bible. Well, they must just hate God. They just hate God. That's not true at all. You don't know what that means at all. You also never use, so on this side, there's conviction. Conviction is when I'm trying to uh, show you, here's the standard, you haven't met the standard, and we're going to keep going until you meet the standard. We're going to keep at it until you meet the standard. Conviction comes with it, guilt. But guilt is real. I don't mean the feeling of guilt. Guilt is when you actually have done something wrong, right? And so you are guilty. Then there's the feeling of guilt. The feeling of guilt is focused on you. Oh, no, I'm wrong. There's something wrong with me, da da da, da right? You never use guilt to build character. You never use guilt to build relationship. You know, God never does that in your life. Did you know that feeling of guilt that you have? That I'm no good and I can't do this and I'm da 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 Did you know that comes from you and from Satan? It never comes from God. Because he never uses that. The Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That feeling of guilt you have, it never comes from God. His communication to you is, no, no, no. I have forgiven you. We have a great relationship. We are at peace. I'm at peace with you. So when we get to the place where now they have rolled their eyes and now they have openly, defiantly, they're disobeying you, right? This, we started out, we we're going to memorize verses. Now we're in an all-out war. They're crying and they're, gonna, they're not, they're not going to do it. They won't do it. Now, we're going to talk about spanking a little bit, but don't get off on the spanking thing, all right? You may not believe in spanking one bit. You've got to have some form of discipline. If you have no form of discipline, this is not too strong to say, if you have no form of discipline, consistent discipline in your child's life, you can't produce character. Your child's illegitimate. They don't have parents. So uh, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in spanking for a couple of reasons. If you ever want to know what that is, you can talk to me personally. But we, I don't usually talk about it publicly because there's just so much going on out there. It's pretty hard to communicate. All right. They get to the plank, this place, Right? whereby it's now time that, it's, that they're going to have to feel the pain. Another thing you might want to write down, which is uh, no pain, no change. People don't change without pain. They don't. Uh, if you've ever coached any sport, you realize you can tell somebody something a thousand times. 
and tell them over and over and over again until you either make them run or make them do something. They, until there's pain, there's no change. We don't change. You don't change either. It's why you've built these systems into your life to feel pain so that you can change your actual behavior. So <clears throat> once, that place, once that place comes, right, the wall is all about this. Discipline produces character. If I had more room, I'd put acceptance, okay? It's all about this. Yes, you're going to experience pain from your father because I want to build character in your life. And yes, the pain's going to come directly from me. And it's going to be because you clearly were told what to do and you've chosen not to do it. And you need to understand, and you need to be able to get the most foundational piece, which is sin produces pain. Sin always produces pain. In your life, sin produces pain. But I want you to know this. This, when I deliver this pain, it has nothing to do with our relationship. You are loved, and you are accepted. So when we go through that process, it is come in, sit down in the room. Uh, they're usually already crying because if we're going to come in, sit down in the room, that's not a good sign. And so they're either whimpering or crying. And, and the process is, okay, do you know what I told you to do? Yes. What did I tell you to do? This is what you told me to do. Okay. Do you know what I told you would happen if you didn't do what I, yes, I know what would tell you. And usually there's another war at that point because they don't want to say the word. Uh, the word hurts even before the spanking. All right? Then I look in their eye and I go, look, I want you to understand, you're everything I ever dreamed you'd be. This is the wall. I want you to understand, I accept you just like you are. I accept you and your heart. And I am so glad you're my son. I'm so glad you're my daughter. But you have to learn this. Because if you don't develop this character, it's going to destroy you later. And so that's why you're going to get this spanking. And then the spanking takes place. And just like our relationship with God. When you understand that the discipline that God is giving you is to build your character and it's for your best. And this was almost every time. As soon as the spanking's done, I'm just going to throw this in there because it was a practice we had that I, I just want you to, I just want to throw it into your wheelhouse. As soon as the spanking is done, our children had Five seconds to cry as hard as they wanted to cry. Actually, ten. We said, okay, now you've got ten seconds. You can cry as hard as you want to cry. You better cry really, really hard because when the ten seconds are done, you can't cry anymore. And it was a phenomenal character builder. 
Because you know what? When you cry really hard for 10 seconds, it's over. It's done. It's finished. It's gone. That entire experience is done. It's over. And you know what they do? They'd hug me almost every time. Why? Because they understood that on this side, I had high expectations, and I didn't waver in the expectations. See, God has high expectations for you. He does not waver. He never says, I know I said that in the Bible, but in this situation, I understand why you can't do that. Why does he do that? Because he knows the actual value that's inside of you. See, he doesn't see a diamond that just isn't that valuable. He doesn't see a white rock. He sees righteousness and peace. And he wants to bring it out. And so he never, ever, ever, ever says, now, if you do that, this is what's going to happen. And then, no, I mean it. He doesn't warn. He doesn't repeat, repeat, repeat. He says it. He carries it out. Whenever that happens in our lives, we run to him. Because we know he's the safe one. He's the one who... He has our best interests at heart no matter what. We, we didn't know the wall existed, but it makes perfect sense to us. Wait, I don't have to fear him. This process he's doing in our lives has nothing to do with my relationship. It has everything to do with the fact that he's trying to do the best thing in my life that he can possibly do for me. Last week I said uh, I would introduce you to Kale, and uh, next week I'm going to have the picture I I, uh, I blew it this morning. I realized, oh my goodness, I didn't put that in the, in the slideshow. Uh, Kale is now seven years old, and he has Down syndrome. You guys can take away the board so that they can see you. Yeah, uh, he, 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 he has Down syndrome. Kale happens to be a particular Down syndrome person that is full of heart. So if you were to uh, say goodbye to Kale, if he was standing up here and we said, okay, okay, okay we're going to say goodbye now. Say goodbye to everybody. He would run to every one of you individually, and he would hug you. He would hug every one of you. Because on that side of it, he is an amazing kid. His, his ability to make you feel like you're the most important person in the world, it's just awesome. It's an incredible relationship. He's also a sinner. And I've watched him with people. He will play you to no end. He will play you to no end. And when he wants to watch a movie, I've watched him. He has like three or four different strategies that he uses. That when you say no to him, he just goes on to the next He goes on to the next strategy. He goes on to the next strategy. Now listen, mom and dad. Listen, mom and dad. If his mom and dad treat him like he can't develop character because he has Down syndrome, that sin in him will destroy him. You'll never see the diamond that he is. You'll never get to see the righteousness and the peace that's available for him. You'll never see it. 
Because you thought, no, it's just all about love. And look at him, he's so lovable. No, 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 Kale's a diamond. There's value in that child that we can't see. And the Down syndrome even masks it more. Well, you can't be that tough on him because he'll, he'll cry. Oh my goodness, he just cries in such a way that you just, just melts your heart. It's so tough to keep going with him. Mom and dad, this is how life works. There's a wall. And you've got to be able to, from God's word and from even your own experience, be able to go, wait, this is the relationship side of the wall. I love my child no matter what. I love them like crazy, and we're going to have great close times, and it's going to be fun, and I'm going to communicate to them, and they're going to know beyond a shadow of doubt their love. And then there's another side of the wall. And that side of the wall is they have the ability to do their homework. They have the ability to obey first time. They have the ability to do things they can't, they could never believe that they could do. If you don't, if you don't take this side of the wall seriously, they're never going to discover that. And you're going to have a ninth grader who walks into the room and you ask him how he's doing and he says, tired. What? I'm tired. First of all, it's not possible for a ninth grader to be tired. It's just not possible. They're not old enough to be tired. But because you did not pour into the character of their life, they do not walk into the room and go, hey, how you doing? Taking on the world, man. I'm taking on the world. They believe they're tired because we didn't build the character into them. They believe they're lazy because we didn't build the character into them. Let's get our hands and knees before God. Let's accept the call to be the chisel in the diamond. Let's stop looking at our children from what we value them to be and start looking at our children based on God has created them. And he has a plan to make them righteous and full of peace. And let's give our lives to being that tool. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this foundational truth. I thank you that, man, you want to teach these parents how to be great parents. You want to teach them how not to focus on their parenting, but to be able to focus on their child and to be able to see clearly this is a time to build their spirit. This is a way that I'm going to build and pour into them, and they're going to know they are loved. And at the same time, this is how I'm going to build their character. I thank you, Lord. I pray that I mean this, Jesus. I mean this. I mean this. I pray that Skyline Church becomes the place where parents are supercharged to parent just like you parent us. In your name we pray. Amen.